listening to Finding Your Genius Zone with Dirk Nouvelle. It's not just a job. It's not just a paycheck. Or at least it doesn't have to be. With the help of experts across industries, Dirk helps you find your passion and career, as well as exposing the unknown parts of every vocation. Let's go deep. Let's find your genius zone right now. Here's Dirk Novell. Everybody, this is Dirk Novell. I'm on with a, a friend of mine, Ben Saxon. Ben is a Ben's a guy that you know. I'm trying to think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I know you went to O'Day. I think we played ball against each other, but I got to know you a little bit in college at the University of Washington. You were a Lambda Chi. I was an Alpha Delta. But did we cross paths in high school? I don't believe so. I'm, you you were maybe one year above me, and so I remember you as being a. Uh, you were rushing. You were helping rush the for for Alpha Delta. Yes. So you were one of the guys I was letting down. I felt bad when I chose a different house. I remember that. That was a weird feeling because I'm I'm kind of sensitive by nature, and I remember the Fijis gave me a bid, and I liked those guys, but I I just didn't you know didn't feel like my house. But mm -hmm. I felt I felt like oh my god I'm I'm letting these guys down. Um, but yeah, that's a, those were good days. Yeah. I remember yeah, you, win, you win some, you lose some, um, <laughs> you know, I had a lot of buddies in your house. They're great dudes. Um, but anyways, getting into the podcast. So, you know, Ben's a guy that over the years, you know, I'll pick his brain. We're kind of in the same world a little bit. Uh, we both are in the world of lending money for real estate. I'm on the res residential side and Ben is more on the commercial side. So, you know, at the end of the day, I get inquiries from people that, you know, are needing help in his world. And he's been always a really uh, informative source for me and just a guy that I've enjoyed, you know, um, talking about social issues, politics, uh, he, him and I kind of lean the same way. So anyway, Ben, I wanted to say thank you. And um, maybe you could start it off and just kind of talk a little bit about what it is you do. Yeah, well, you're very welcome. Thank you as well. Uh, it's my pleasure. Um, so what I do specifically is source um, capital for small to mid-size real estate investors. And, um, you know, mostly uh, we are using any tier, any different tier of commercial lender to provide mortgages for investment or income property. Um, and so you have somebody who is either buying or refinancing any of the sort of several major food groups when it comes to income property. You've got multifamily, which is apartments. You've got uh, mobile home parks. You've got storage facilities. You've got office buildings. You've got retail buildings. Um, you could even have a motel or a, what they call hospitality, um, industrial properties. So these are the main food groups of commercial real estate. And most people or a lot of people when they're buying them uh, do so with debt. So just like you would uh, when you're buying a home, you go get a go get a loan. And um, what what I try to do is, you know, is find the, the right tool for the job and try to get the best um, debt structure 
available in the marketplace for that uh, investor to to go take down a property or to refinance a property. So that answers the question. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, just curious, like when you were coming out of UW, did you jump right into this business or did you experience a different industry? <laughs> no, I had a pretty securitous route to, to, to this uh, industry. Um, out of UW, I, uh, I took a, a position with the Peace Corps. So I went and volunteered with the Peace Corps down in Central America and Honduras. And um, through that experience, I was kind of thinking um, that uh, what I might do is just uh, teach and coach. Um, and so that is what I pursued when I got out of the Peace Corps is teaching. And, and um, I, I didn't get a teaching credential because I kind of felt like I had plenty of experience. And with a college degree, I was like, you know, why, why can't I teach? Um, so I uh, volunteer or didn't volunteer, excuse me. I, I, I took some, some jobs with uh, private schools cause I had the, um, the Spanish and that helped me get into some private education jobs. And ultimately, um, my last, uh, stint was working as a, uh, substitute teacher in the Oakland public school district. And if you, uh, took that job for one year, then if they, then they might offer you a full-time position, uh, we, you know, with the agreement that it, within that tenure of your first two years, you would go and get a teaching degree, you know, or master's or whatever it was that was required at the time. Um, so I, so I did that. I substitute taught for a year and then I took a job, uh, at Havens middle, middle, middle school, Havens court, middle school, which was in Oakland. And I taught, uh, for a year, I taught sixth and seventh graders. I taught them math and science, although I was instructing in Spanish, uh, cause that, that was the template and it might still be there in Oakland public schools where you're giving, um, you know, these kids, their core classes in their, in their native tongue. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did that and, um, you know, that, that, that proved, that proved enough. That proved, that proved to me that while there's great things about teaching, uh, maybe it wasn't for me. And, uh, so I started looking for, for other things to do. And, um, I first got into some sales positions down there in the Bay area, working for, uh, telecom companies. And then, um, I, I was living with my then recently, um, we were recently married down living in the Bay area and decided to come home to Seattle. And my wife's uncle was at the time doing what is called hard money loans. And that was, that was my introduction to commercial financing. Okay. This is interesting. Cause I, I had a teacher the other day that I was interviewing and, you know, I think like part of what I'm trying to help articulate or break down to people is, again, not telling, you know, everybody knows what a teacher or a coach does, but the things about those careers that people might not be thinking or may not be registering. So like, for example, you as a teacher, you, you kind of said in other words, like you realized that wasn't your thing and then you kind of flipped into something was it a lifestyle? Was it a compensation issue that kind of created that switch for you? 
Yeah, it was. I mean, honestly, I, I felt like, um, and and maybe it had to do with you know just meeting my soulmate and you know wanting to to really um, try to get the best lifestyle we could together. Um, but it, there there was a tremendous amount of apathy that I experienced, uh, at least you know in in the environment that I was in in the public school sector. And uh, just seemed like, um, you know, success was not, wasn't what everyone was striving for. It was more, let's get these kids through the system. And the other teachers were very much about their vacation and, and their, their pay. And then that, that was about it. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, and I, I don't convey that to, to um, condemn the teaching yeah. industry by any stretch because they're phenomenal people and phenomenal teachers, professionals that do great work. But like within any, I guess, industry, there's a segment that uh, is is just, you know, there to pick up a check. And uh, I happen to, you know, be in a group that was predominantly about that. And, um, you know, that it was very frustrating for me that, um, uh, you know, regardless of phone calls with parents and parent conferences and, and, you know, work with the principal, et cetera, et cetera. Or, I mean, you weren't, you weren't holding any of these kids back. Everybody gets passed through whether they had any um, comprehension or not. And so it was just a little bit, it was just uh, defeat, a deflating type of situation. I get it. Um, okay. So you moved back up to the Northwest, <clears throat> you got into the world of hard money, which was your introduction. Yeah. So, Let's get into that because people are tuning in to kind of listen to what it's like to be in your world. Um, what, what, I mean, other than an introduction to, to an uncle, like, was there something about you that, you know, a skill set, interest, was there something in innate to, to Ben that this made sense? Or could you have gone selling at Amazon or Microsoft or, I mean, or was lending and finance and real estate, were those things that you had an interest in at a younger age or were you just rolling the dice? Well, you know, it was a combination, you know, uh, I was very tech unsavvy. Uh, I felt like a lot of people had sort of passed me by because I was in Honduras in, I mean, this is, this is from 94 to 96. And so even in that time period, there, there were, I mean, when I came home, a lot of my friends were doing uh, software sales yeah. and internet sales, and they were working for internet companies. And I barely had any clue what, what that was all about. Um, and, and then also throughout my college years, I worked uh, construction and uh, I did um, concrete finishing. So, and I and I and I worked also with some. Um, I worked for a property owner as well in college. So I I had you know a little bit of tangential knowledge of real estate in general, which appealed to me. Just kind of the bricks and mortar and having the construction background, and then the finance aspect was compelling to me. And and there was definitely the lure of you know potentially making you know decent uh commissions and, and and a living okay so it was kind of attractive from but but it was i was 
I was absolutely green when I started, but it was all very exciting. So how long, how many years, what age did you jump into lending? Was it like 28, 29? Yeah, probably. Um, Let's see. I think I was, uh, yeah, I was probably about 29 years old. Okay. So, you know, you and I, again, we're we're in similar spaces, uh, different, you know, in terms of my clientele can be anybody with a house, you know, that wants to live in a house or a condo or whatever. You're dealing with more, I don't want to say sophisticated, but more of a, a unique niche of investment uh, person who's, who's actually buying real estate for an investment. It's, so it's not like, um, like for me, anyone I know or who's a friend or whatever, family can be a client. For you, mm-hmm. maybe not, not necessarily, right? They have to kind of be in this world. How, um, how do you find your for business? Sure. Like, how do you go about uh, getting these people as clients? Well, um, I mean, it's out outside sales, right? It's marketing and it's cold calling and it's, um, you know, just, uh, trying to create relationships that will then lead you to either a referral or a direct, um, interaction with somebody who is, uh, you know, needing financing. And, um, so when I started in uh, hard money, one of my main groups that I called on were residential mortgage brokers, because you guys get all sorts of things across your desk and anything commercial might be something that you really don't want to muck with, but you want to help and you want to refer that person. And uh, a lot of times it's, you know, the bartender, I mean, not, you know, the bar owner, or the guy who didn't have good credit, but he's got a piece of land that he's trying to develop or collateralize, or he, you know, wants to buy, you know, something sort of non-conforming. And that was sort of the private money side of things. And then when it, when I was just doing exclusively, you know, really conventional commercial financing, um, I called on commercial uh, property brokers that are listing or uh, looking for uh, these investments for their clients. And so as they're looking or as they're listing, you know, it's a good service for them to be able to say, Hey, by the way, you know, Ben has looked at this, he's underwritten it. He says, this financing is available. He's here for you. If uh, you know, if you'd like to get his two cents worth. Right. So, um, having knowledge, right? I mean, financing knowledge, industry knowledge, you know, all the, the stuff that you just need to get in line is crucial. But I keep thinking about like the 24, 25 year old student that's, you know, enamored with real estate or financing, and they think they want to get in your industry. Talk to some of the, like you, you, in the beginning, you were talking a little bit about just, um, networking and reaching out. And, you know, in my business, it's, it's like almost a popularity contest that the person with the most friends wins. And what I mean, what I mean by that is, you know, you got to know people and they got to like you right. and they got, they got to respect you. But, you know, if you're in a town where you don't know anybody and you don't have contacts or a database to tap into this type of profession could be a struggle. I would think, um, what are some of the, the, the things that are like must haves in your line of work? So, 
if somebody again is thinking about entering your your career field what would you say like three or four things are that you know are really important to be successful in your line of work well um i mean a lot of the people that are in my industry and i and by the way i'm just a super small fish in a really big pond and there are major uh sort of mortgage banking houses that um guys work for um and uh uh, all, a lot of those guys come out of banks, you know, they'll, they'll work in a bank and they'll work and they'll work their way into the commercial side of the bank. And then, you know, want to go out and, and be more in the open market, I guess, uh, where you can potentially probably get compensated better. Um, so a banking background, um, it, it's it's it, the majority of folks have you know a couple of years where they worked for a big bank or a super money center bank or something like that okay um, well, what, like what makes you good at what you do i mean i don't know if in your description you work for a bank but again you got to know people and they've got to respect <laughs> you but like what are the skill sets or the traits that are pretty important to be successful in in the commercial lending world well they're they're there's not too many of them. I mean, it's you, number one, you have to be, you have to really know how to underwrite a property uh, because you need to be able to present it with a strong argument that's kind of airtight. And so that when your lender receives your package, it's self-contained and you are, you know, spoon feeding them. And they're agreeing with what you say and saying, yeah, this is, let's take this to my credit committee right now and get a, an approval. So you have to be able to underwrite commercial real estate. And then you have to have created uh, relationships with capital partners so that you know, within two calls, the best places to go for a specific loan request. Because, you know, different lenders specialize in different things. Different borrowers are trying to achieve different things with their financing. And so you need to be able to meet the borrower's goals and pair them, um, you know, with the most appropriate lender, because otherwise there's just, you're just, you're not efficient and you're going to lose um, credibility because you're going to say the borrower, hey, I can get this done for you. And they go down the road with you, but you can't get that done for them. And, um, so it's those those are the main things is having capital partnerships, meaning, you know, really good working relationships with a, a variety, a, a wide array of different lending institutions, because, you know, you've got everything from uh, life insurance companies to um, agency financing, that's Fannie and Freddie Mac and, uh, or you could have kind of super money centers like the great big banks, Wells and Bank of America, or, you know, all the way down to small credit unions and local and regional banks and that sort of thing. Okay. So you, you need to have created those relationships with a wide variety of lenders. And then you need to understand how to underwrite properties so that 
you're speaking the same language as those lenders that are going to be ultimately reviewing the deal and getting it approved and offering you terms. So it's, you know, it's pretty technical, right? On one, one end, I mean, you got to under, underwrite a, a file, but you also have the sales ability to, you know, um, articulate and attract, right? I mean, you got to win the business because yeah. there's a lot of people yeah. out there. Um, would you say like, you know, when, when you look at your job, like for me, you know, freedom is something that, you know, this is the hard part, Ben, because what I'm trying to do is, is I'm trying to help younger people, anyone really getting into a career. Um, but sometimes you have to take action, right? Like you went and mm -hmm. taught, you went and taught and then you worked, a, you know, a sales job and then hard money. And sometimes you just got to take action and it leads you to, you know, a destination. But I also believe that sometimes you have to pay attention to what's innate, you know, some of the signs, you know, of who you are. Like if you're super social or if you're an introvert, maybe you're not going to be, um, you know, a salesperson. Uh, maybe you want to be an right. architect or sit in the room and just be by yourself. Um, I do believe there's signs that people don't acknowledge. Like my dad's voice was like, get a job. And, you know, it's old school. But mm -hmm. I but I do believe that. uh you know, I see people when I talk about your zone of genius, people that are really good at what they do that are in their flow. I think it's, 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 uh, it's natural. It's like, they're kind of doing what they were meant to do. Uh, and I know that, you know, not every part of a job is awesome. I mean, I know it's called work for a reason, but you know, you do bump into people every once in a while. You're like, wow, man, that person is really, really good at what they do. And they seem to love it. Is there any advice you could give to say someone who's struggling or thinking about getting into say maybe your line of work or real estate or financing, but doesn't know for sure, like any questions that you might want to ask them to make sure that this is the right fit or any advice that you might want to give them just based on your years of experience. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I would say that for, you know, if you're, if you want to get into mortgage banking, um, you, you, you're probably more of an outside sales type personality. Um, now a lot of, uh, the big mortgage banking houses, uh, will also have more introverted people that are in supporting roles, like just underwriters, um, and, you know, underwriters, uh, whether it's in a bank or in a brokerage, you know, mortgage brokerage kind of house, um, are are not necessarily out front digging up, uh, you know, shaking the bushes trying to get deals. They're strictly just working um, the deals that are in in the house. And so, if you are into finance, uh, that's 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 a great avenue to to pursue. Yeah. Um, and then the the probably the advice if I was to if it was a college kid or somebody or anybody that's saying hey I love real estate and I love uh, the just finance in general, um, I, it seems to me that uh, uh, the brokerage side the the listing and buying of the of the real estate might be more lucrative than the financing side. Okay. Uh, because on every deal, you know, those, those, those commissions are more than the financing. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. 
Well, that's, that, let's talk about that because, you know, in every job, there's things you get out of a job, um, you know, that are important. And like, for me, freedom is super important. I wanted, you know, yeah. I didn't know this. The, the problem is I didn't know this as a kid, but I wanted to wake up with my kids. I wanted to go to bed with them. I wanted to coach them. You know, you, you have a stud daughter who plays softball in college. I'm, I know you love to watch her play. You know, my dad was a pilot. So, you know, my dad would be gone half the month. Right. Um, I didn't want to miss life with my, my, my family. You know, that to me was like, is the most important thing. So I carved out a, an industry or a, a job around not traveling, uh, where I could be home and be present in, in the commercial lending space, you know, so freedom was big for me. Um, I didn't want to be capped on my commission. You know, I didn't want to be hourly or have just one salary. I wanted upside. Yeah. What are the things in commercial lending, you know, that are important to you that you're getting out, you know, along those lines? Well, I mean, it really is very similar. I mean, I, I that, that, that's probably the, my greatest joy is, is how much I experienced my kids growing up, both, both my son and my daughter, um, just because, you know, I, uh, home office was, was a, a pretty routine thing even back then for for me at least um and uh and even even when i was in an office very much like outside sales right you you have a lot of freedom a lot of freedom so you have a lot of rope you know to hang yourself and and you have to you you only eat what you kill um not a whole lot of you know real big uh, salaries available it's it's mostly all commission so um, yeah, maximum freedom, uh, maximum uh, feast and famine. So it's, but yeah. God, so yeah, no, that's, I, I mean, it's a similar gig compensation, you know, like we get paid per deal one time. Um, mm -hmm. You guys, same way, right? There's no recurring revenue stream associated with the deal. It's a one-time shot, right? Yes. Correct. Okay. So as far as building like a repetitive database or a, a re something that turns over, like you might do a deal uh, for a client and never do a deal with them again, or are you experiencing that you, you land a referral partner or an investor, you know, are you doing five deals a year with them or, or is it just totally all over the board? It is all over the board, although um, I definitely have clients that I have literally done deals with going back 15 years, you know, and um, it, might, it might, might not be, it might be two deals in one year, and then you don't do a deal for a couple of years, and then you do another deal. Um, so insofar as you're able to, you know, really stand out and provide good service and create a relationship there's there could be great opportunities for uh, you know repeat customers because successful investors uh, tend to you know sweep sweep the equity from one property and go get in and and buy another property and um, so there's tremendous opportunity to get repeat business. Yeah. Is there anything yeah. about the job that you're like? It's funny. I was talking to a friend the other day and. He, he, could, he didn't want to come on and do it because he's a pilot and he was worried about his employer and the union watching it and having him be real honest about some of the things that he didn't like about his profession. You and I don't really mm -hmm. have that issue, but 
anything you could point out, like your daughter who's in college in Montana, let's just say in three years, she's like, Hey, I think I want to do what you do, dad. Like, is there anything that you would say, Hey, that's cool, but be aware you got to deal with this, this, and that. Are there a couple things that you, that come to mind that you might want to warn people about who are thinking about entering your world? Um, well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some challenging, obviously, right. In, in any service, uh, industry, uh, and, and one of them is, you know, that, um, a lot of times, um, you know, the, the investor will look at that financing piece as, um, less of a partnership, which is what, you know, I'd like to consider it, you know, where I'm really value, uh, value add and, you know, we're going to work together because it does take a lot of effort from the borrower to get a deal across the finish line. Um, so they might view it less as a partnership and more as just a, um, you know, a, a tailoring job, like, look, I'm paying you this and, and that's it. And there's kind of, uh, you know, can be lack, can be, can be no loyalty or, um, just a, a very transactional, um, kind of posture from, from your client. Right. And so you, so that, that if that's the case, you know, you're always at risk of potentially losing a deal that you've worked really hard on, um, would, from somebody else that sweeps in and either offers something better or find something better. So there's, it's, it's a dicey proposition. It's uh, it is, I, you know, I, there's a fair amount of risk. That's the one thing I can't stand sometimes about my business is just the lack of loyalty. And, you know, there's a lot of, op there's a lot of options out there and, you know, it's funny, mm -hmm. you know, you might work with somebody for six, seven months and then all of a sudden rocket mortgage comes in and they steal your deal. Um, yeah. But it, yeah. But I would say that's a really good one. I mean, it's, you know, in any job, I guess nothing, you know, the stickiness, the loyalty, um, you know, I think like other professions like financial management and um, maybe commercial insurance or something, maybe there are professions out there that are a little stickier where you might retain a client more easily. But I would say mm -hmm. definitely in our world, that can be an issue. Is there a second one that you can think of that, you know, not to say, what do you hate about your job, but just something that maybe is not, not so obvious. Um, hmm. that's, that's nothing's coming right to the top of my mind, but, um, that's okay. Uh, yeah. I know. I'm, I'm not sure, but that's, no, that's cool. Um, yeah. So tell me like, I know you're a humble guy, but like, what makes you good, unique at what you do? Like, what is it, you know, about you as a commercial lender? Like why, you know, someone says, why would I go with you? I mean, apart from like, Hey, I, I know the business, I have good relationships, but personally, like the core of Ben, what are the things about you that make you good at what you do? Well, I'm a real moral guy, you know, and, and I, and I do view um, every interaction as, you know, I, I would never, I would never do a bait and switch. I would never, you know, try to, price something to the maximum for my profitability uh, as opposed to, you know, what, what's going to make this uh, deal successful for the investor, for the client. Um, so I, I'm very straightforward. 
and um, very honest. And, uh, and I, you know, it just, it just means a lot more to me how I'm perceived uh, by people than, than, you know, whether or not I can maximize my profit. Uh, so, you know, and, and then, and then, yeah, I, I do think that um, at least I've run up against plenty situations where I am seeing competitors offer things that, you know, I know can't, 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 they can't execute on. And I've lost business that way because uh, people will take something that appears to be a better deal, but then it doesn't close the way that it was quoted and and you know they get to the finish line and it was actually slightly less than what i had presented in the first place so uh, that's that's kind of the nature of the beast no i get it um so let me ask you if you could you know you and i are close to age i always ask this question but if you could go back in time coming out of university of washington you know, it's, I mean, it's hard to do that because you have life experience that's led you in a direction, but let's just say you could go back knowing what you know now, would you choose the same line of work or would you do something different? Um, that's, that's interesting. And for me, it, it might be a little different because, you know, I, you know, that I have MS and so that uh, sort of forced me to, to have a home office and be it and kind of forced me to take maximum flexibility, maximum, um, uh, you know, I get flexibility is the best way to put it. Uh, and so this job has afforded me that opportunity. You know, I didn't lose my job because I couldn't perform my job. I just had to adjust and I had to do it for myself. You know, I, I couldn't, uh, you know, I, I couldn't report to it to an office every day. Um, so, you know, while, while there are, like I said before, even the, the, uh, the property brokerage side of things, um, you know, I think it would have been cool to get into that uh, younger and um, maybe could have been more profitable, but um, that would have been a job that I, you know, I, I really would have had to quit. And, and not been able to continue because you got to be able to walk properties with people. You got to be able to go out and be a bird dog and go find properties or go tour properties. And, you know, that's just too much work. I just can't do it. I can't get out. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah, I guess, you know, we're given all, uh, given everything and that's everything. Uh, yeah. I, I probably would take this line of work or some other line of work that I hadn't considered that would give me the same opportunity to, you know, work from home and, take things at my own pace. I hear you. Um, so this is, so this question is, um, well, let's just, let's just imagine you were in a situation where you could do anything you want, walk anywhere you, you know, just, you had total freedom. Is there, yeah. a, is there a dream job? Like I'm talking like, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking, you know, like fantasy land kind of stuff. Like, you know, if you could do anything, you ever thought, do you ever think like that? Or are you just kind of black and white? Or is there, is there a dream job? Like if Ben could do anything, uh, is there something out there that you think about? Um, 
not no not really i don't really you know i got too many other things to occupy my time in my life uh than dreaming about what i could have would have been able to do i mean heck if you're if we're talking fantasy land then you know i'd, I'd have been probably uh either either a quarterback or a or a point guard i don't know <laughs> see i see i i, I thought maybe politician oh i mean yeah, i don't know god yeah i know but you I, I tell you one of the things i love about you is just i love listening in your post and reading i mean i learn a lot from you and you seem very dialed in and very you know obviously there's other people that might uh counter what you believe in but i guess i was thinking something where you know politically inclined but maybe i'm off base mm -hmm. i don't know um yeah, that's that is an interesting thought too. I mean, I certainly had, had that's crossed my mind. Like, were it not for MS, like, would I have sought to do something? But boy, you you got to be connected, and you got to start at the ground. You know, you don't get to just go run for senate out of the clear blue sky. And I don't know that I'd want to put in the groundwork. You know, of yeah. going up through the mud and the muck to to reach a place where it would be really cool. You know. You they know, could I, use, I certainly they could use you, Ben. I would vote for you. <laughs> Man, um, we are in dire straits. You you brought up something that I, you know, I just kind of off the top of my head, I'm gonna ask you about in terms of the MS. Like I think that's an interesting angle as well, because like I had a, a friend of mine or my old processor, her husband was in an accident, fell off, uh, he was construction, fell off, and you know, he's been in a chair for you know mm. for 15 years and he he's in my world. He was in construction, building. Now he's a lender and he's one of the best lender. You know, he, he's a grinder. He's really good at what he does. You know, that's another thing is, you know, young adults, young people that might have certain realities in their life that might, you know, like I had a client on who's six six and he wanted to be a pilot, but he was too tall. You know, there's just realities of like, there's certain things you can't do based off of whatever. Um, I think that's an interesting angle to think about is the jobs or careers out there that allow maximum flexibility or freedom where you don't actually, you know, have to get in a car or walk around or go show houses or show places or whatever. I think that's another cool thing about your business and my business is, you know, like if I want to live in Sun Valley, which I did seven years ago, moved my family and we put the kids in school, you know, I can do that in this line of work. So could you. Um, but you know th that's an interesting angle to consider is is the these jobs that we're in remote where the the value is our voice and our knowledge and we can do it over the phone or the internet um, and you know those are things to consider as well for some people yeah for sure so for sure anything else that you know maybe i didn't ask you that you felt compelled to say i mean again the the why is trying to help people make better decisions um you know, people get locked in, we call it golden handcuffs. And before they know it, they're in a career that they just, it's hard to get out of. Um, or they've, yes. you know, invested 10 years of their life in school to be a doctor. And then they realize they don't want to be a doctor. Is there anything that you can think of that maybe I didn't ask or any other words of wisdom before we end this that you might want to share? Um, well, you know, just that uh, if, if somebody is inclined to maybe uh you know go down this road or or just investigate for themselves um 
you know, we haven't really mentioned any specific uh, businesses or, or houses or, you know, uh, investment mortgage bankers, but um, that there, there's, you know, like for example, bank of America, you, you know, somebody who, who, who wants to get into mortgage commercial mortgage banking, they're not going to find the right contact at bank of America by just looking online, but a deeper dive, you know, in, go on to Google and, and, and look up commercial real estate mortgage bank or commercial real estate finance and look at, you know, the different, there's lots of big houses here in the Puget Sound area that do it. Um, and, and there's, yeah, in my mind, there's, there's kind of two, two sides of the fence. There are two main uh, industry paths and, and that's either, um, the, the listing of the property brokers or the, or the people that are providing the finance. Both are, you know, there's, there's lots of ways to, to work your way into either one of those industries. If you're, if you're so inclined. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, sometimes it's just, you know, contact, you know, someone who knows somebody, I mean, yeah, I look, for sure. I look back and I remember one of my best friends met Mark Cuban at a trade show and I was in that video streaming industry and he needed a guy. And next week I flew out to Dallas and I, he hired me and, you know, I mean, without that, those guys having drinks at a bar in New York, I would have, you know, never gone down that road. Um, so, but, um, I appreciate your time. I really do. I, I think you're a great guy and I appreciate you've always been patient with me being a big dummy when I'm asking <sighs> about commercial lending. But um, I appreciate it. Um, I don't think there's anything else I have, but uh, thanks for taking the time. Well, likewise, Dirk, I think the world of you and I appreciate you, you know, taking the time to interview me. Uh, hopefully it sparks something for somebody. And, um, and, and also, you know, thank you because you, you referred people to me when, when you've had the opportunity. So I certainly appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I'll end on that is for me, like what's really important in, when somebody like you, and this is who I think I am is I want to, I want someone who's honest, who doesn't bullshit, who I can trust. Um, you know, there's a lot of sales sharks in, a, in my industry that are looking for the commission check. And that's one of the things I've struggled with is to try to differentiate myself from those types of people. Um, but that's the, one of the things I gravitate towards you on is you're just kind of a, you know, a real dude, um, you know, and like for me, I'm not really ever looking to win a deal. I'm kind of trying to win the relationship and maybe, you know, I'm not the best option, but maybe in two years I am. But I think that's what I like about you is I feel like you're going to get a real straight skinny scoop out of Ben, um, every time. And, you know, that's sometimes hard to find. So Thanks for that. And well, I, and, that, and and that's anybody who wants to get into sales. That's sales one hundred and one, right? I mean, that, every successful salesperson, every successful business person, there's much more concerned with the relationship, and uh, you know, than anything else, really. Yeah, no, I agree. But that's I mean, the truth the truth is, the truth is, there's a lot of there's a lot of people in sales that fit that stereotype. And I think that's why people like you and I maybe stand out. Uh, and again, I'm not patting myself on the back, but 
that's one of the things that, you know, is important for me in terms of how I'm perceived. Um, cause there's a lot of options. There's a lot, there's a lot, there's no, not a lot of barriers to entry in terms of what I do. And mm-hmm. what that translates to is, you know, you watch reality TV shows and usually 60% of the, the guys on those shows are loan officers, <laughs> you know, there's just, yeah. it's, it's easy to get into this line of work. So I think you deal with a lot of people that are after the buck and I like money, but I also want to do the right thing. And I know you do too. So I'll stop with that. Thanks again, Ben. And, um, have a good day. Hey, thanks a lot, Derek. You take care, buddy. All right. Bye.